News every 15 minutes, weather every 10, and sports twice an hour. News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. You're listening to Montana Morning with Peter Christian. Reaction to the Montana Supreme Court striking down parts of House Bill 102, the gun bill. Good morning, everyone. Montana Morning, it is Friday. Congratulations, you made it. It's Friday, July 1st. Right now, cloudy sky in western Montana. Our news, sponsored by Mark Your Insurance, protecting Missoula and western Montana for the last 50 years with home, auto, and business insurance. Our top story this morning on Wednesday, the Montana Supreme Court struck down part of House Bill 102 that was passed by the 2021 legislature. Uh, House Bill 102 specifically stated that the Montana University System could not, quote, regulate, restrict, or place an undue burden on the possession, transportation, or storage of firearms, end quote, by someone who had met certain safety and training requirements. However, the Montana Supreme Court ruled that the Montana Board of Regents has complete authority over the safety and security of each campus. Deputy Commissioner for Government Relations and Public Affairs for the Montana University System, Helen Thigpen, explained to KGVO News the reasons for asking the Montana Supreme Court to strike down the concealed carry aspect of HB 102. And I quote, The question was really over the authority of the Board of Regents versus the authority of the legislature. She said, quoting again, The Montana Constitution vests the Board of Regents with the full authority to manage and control the university system, which includes the state's 16 public colleges and universities. And that was the basis for the court's decision. KGV also reached out to Montana Attorney General Austin Knudsen for his comments on the Montana Supreme Court's decision. My thoughts are that the Supreme Court blew the call. Certainly the Montana Constitution does grant the the Board of Regents some authority over university campuses. But that's not this overarching, tyrannical authority that apparently the Montana Supreme Court is hell-bent to give the regents. Taking this ruling to its logical conclusion, the, the Montana Supreme Court has basically said that the Board of Regents has complete and utter iron-fisted control over anything that happens on the university systems. Knudsen extrapolated on what this complete authority might include. Taken to its logical conclusion, Does this mean that the Board of Regents can decide that you no longer have the right to free speech on a campus? Does this mean they can decide that they have the right to come search your private residence or or search your vehicle without a warrant? Uh, This this is a scary ruling, but this literally is is what the, the Montana Supreme Court found in this 102 ruling. And Knudsen spoke of what might be the next move. We're trying to see if there's a federal angle we can get here. I mean, obviously, the Second Amendment is at play here. Uh, I think there's probably some due process under the 14th Amendment, uh, some some equal protection uh, under the 14th Amendment probably implicated as well. Um, so I wouldn't say that we've completely foreclosed going, going into federal court to try to get this. It's going to be difficult because this is a matter of our state constitution uh, and state law. Uh, but, you know, as I said, I do think there are some federal rights that are definitely implicated here. You can read the Montana Supreme Court decision by clicking the link on our website. At the end of May, the Montana Department of Revenue reported that state income tax collections topped over $2 billion, a number that caused Patrick Barkey, director of the U of M Bureau of Business and Economic Research, to emphasize on Thursday's talkback show that Montana's economy was good. For the second straight year, the state of Montana has hit a home run with respect to tax collections. Uh, this this last fiscal year is, is almost done. I think today is the last day of the fiscal year, but 11 months through. 
income tax revenues, corporate tax revenues, even property tax revenues. All these revenue sources are screaming high, and it's after a second year. So it's a, a big year that's occurring because the economy is doing really well. Regarding the cause of inflation throughout the country, Barkey said the massive government spending through the pandemic has contributed greatly to the inflation rate. I have a slide I've been doing in my programs where I compare the amount of government stimulus put into the economy versus the what we what I call the output gap. In other words, the gap between what the economy is actually producing and what it could produce. And every and that gap grows. When you have a recession, the economy tumbles, you have this gap, and then you have stimulus. Mark, you said the key statistic regarding inflation is consumer demand. The thing that's missed in that story is how much stronger demand is today than it was even pre-pandemic. I mean, when you look at the amount of money in the economy and the amount of demand, when you look at, for example, uh, uh, things like retail sales, accommodations, food services, these things have bounced back so strongly uh, that even in an economy that didn't have COVID, even in an economy that didn't have wars and so forth, uh, people would be hard-pressed to meet that demand. Mark, you said the U of M Bureau of Business and Economic Research will be conducting the next economic seminar next month. Our mid-year economic update is an attempt to reassess what was actually a very optimistic forecast we made for Montana. It'll be held the first week of August, August 2nd through August uh, 5th are the dates. They're either morning breakfasts or, or lunch, so they're short presentations. And we're going to emphasize the supply chain issues and ask the question, which many businesses are asking and consumers are asking, is for how much longer are these going to go on? Are they going to get worse? Because they've really uh, upset our lives. You can click the link on our website for access to that uh, that uh, conversation we had yesterday. Last week, KGVO reported the Pavarello Center had received $1.4 million to develop the former Clark Fork Inn into transitional housing for homeless veterans. Well, yesterday, the Montana Department of Commerce announced the project received another grant for $600,000 to help fund the project. KGBO spoke with Cheryl Cohen, Housing Division Administrator for the Department of Commerce, shared the good news. We had an application round for community development block grant funding um, for community facilities, public facilities, and housing. And the Department of Commerce announced uh, yesterday that four Montana communities will share more than $2 million of the federal grant funding through that CDBG program. So the Department of Commerce is providing $600,000 of CDBG housing grant funding for the expansion of the Pavarello Center. Um, and that will provide homes and supportive services to veterans in Missoula County. Cohen said there's always a great deal of competition for the CB, pardon me, CDBG funding. However, the Pavarello Center's application stood out from the others due to the amount of community support. We do usually have quite a bit of competition for these funds. Um, And one of the interesting factors about the community development block grant is the eligible applicants are the um, units of local government, so counties and cities. And something that really stood out about Missoula County's um, application is the degree of which their communities um, really came together around this Pavarello Center project for um, formerly homeless veterans. Tapping again the community-wide flavor of the application, Cohen said both city and state agencies are coming together to help the project happen. Pavarello Center manages the Housing Montana Heroes program that serves veterans experiencing homelessness. Um, and this project has support not only, you know, now from the Department of Commerce, but also from the city of Missoula, Missoula County, um, and other resources as well. So it was a real collaborative effort. Cohen also gave the state of Montana Commerce Department's blessing on the project.
it's uh, a priority to serve um, homeless individuals and homeless veterans is certainly a high priority for the Department of Commerce. And this project will not only provide 20 units of uh, transitional housing for veterans with case management, but it will also free up additional uh, shelter space for other individuals who are experiencing homelessness in Missoula County. So not only is it supporting the veterans, but it's helping to meet the needs of um, non-homeless veterans in the community as well. Once the current residents of the Clark Fork Inn have been provided with permanent housing, each tenant at the Clark Fork Inn will pay a very low subsidized rent for up to two years. The overall project, about $4.8 million. Our news talk time, 613. Pressure will remain in place today and Saturday. Temperatures will top out in the upper 70s and low 80s. We could have a couple of isolated showers and thunderstorms, but a better chance of those showers and thunderstorms will arrive as we head into your Saturday night and Sunday. By Sunday afternoon, a few storms could be strong to severe, producing some small hail, gusty wind, and brief heavy rain. Widespread wet weather moves in for the 4th of July. I'm meteorologist Brooke Foster for Missoula's KECA 13. And thank you, Brooke. Right now, there is some shower activity. If you look at the look at the clouds around western Montana right now, we do have 50 degrees right now. And our news sponsored this morning by our friends over at Paradise Falls. Sometime this weekend, make sure you stake your claim to a delicious Paradise Falls steak, be it ribeye, sirloin, steak bites, chicken fried, or hamburger steak. They'll be open for breakfast here at 45 minutes, and at 8 o'clock this morning, it's catching the big ones.